Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, your twice-weekly podcast about the podcast Too Beautiful to Live. In Pawtucket, Rhode Island, I'm Bobby Pape, and joining me from Kyle, Texas, the Orkin Insect Studios at the Kyle Insect Museum, this time for real, Mike Frizzell. Good afternoon, Mike. Good afternoon, Bobby. Mike, you know what this is? Uh, this is episode number 199. That's right. It's also the first Friday of the month of March. Not oh, when we're yes. recording it, but uh, by the time people hear it. Uh, assuming the Russian hackers don't shut this down before now, mm-hmm. uh, between now and Friday. And since it is the first Friday of the month, we have a special guest for you, as we do every first Friday of the month. In the Finney Ridge neighborhood of Seattle, Washington, it's Phyllis Fletcher. Good afternoon, Phyllis. Hey, Bobby. <laughs> Hi, Mike. Phyllis has fought off the uh, technological nightmare that is today in history, the day the Russians took down Amazon Web Services or whatever the hell it's called. I, for one, welcome our new Russian overlords. <laughs> wow, you got, she's got game. Yeah, I wasn't she's ready to have a spot that. in the new administration. <laughs> All right, straight from the Ministry of Podcasting, Phyllis Fletcher. Uh, we are going to jump into a Phyllis Fletcher favorite clip uh, for the month of March. Uh, but since the rules don't apply anymore, it's actually from the month of February. That's okay. Uh, but first, Phyllis, while we have you, I wondered if you could give us an update on the stick shift saga that is your life. <laughs> yes. Um, well, in general, I'm all sprung on myself because I can drive a stick shift, which is more and more of a rare thing these days. Um, and we have a little 2003 Toyota Matrix. That's a stick. And I was going up uh, Capitol Hill here in Seattle, um, which is one of the many parts of the city that Luke used to live in. And it is indeed a hill. And I was going up Denny Way, for those of you who've mm-hmm. been to Seattle, a really steep hill from downtown up to Capitol Hill. Probably and, the steepest um, hill coming out of downtown, I think. It's one of them. I mean, it's like Denny or James, mm-hmm. you know. You better you better have it together if you're driving a stick. Yeah. And um, the one thing that I have trouble with in this car, um, or had trouble with, is starting from a dead stop when it's wet because I would just like spin out and I wouldn't be able to seem to engage really. And, um, in the worst case scenario, I would even like just totally, totally lose contact with the gears and just start rolling backwards. And that happened to me in rush hour on Denny Hill a couple weeks ago. (laughs) And it was crazy. Um, I was, it was one of those things where like, I realized I was potentially in trouble as I was going up Denny Hill. Like, it just didn't occur to me, even though I've had this problem a bunch of times. I was going up, approaching uh, an intersection, and I was starting to do that thing where you're like, oh, please, not a red light. Oh, please, not a red light. No, Mm -hmm. no, 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 no. Sure enough, red light. And and the person behind you, you just hope, please don't pull up, you know, within (laughs) inches of my bumper. I have tapped my brakes. Uh, to flash my brake lights to be yeah. able, just as a to try to warn the person behind me because I also drive a small Toyota stick shift. Um, oh yes, the Yaris. Yes. <laughs> is exactly. it a yes. is it a weight issue with the car? Like, <sighs> is it just it doesn't hold the road because the car is not heavy enough at a certain oh that's a um, good point pitch and 
It is a, it is a small car. Yeah, it's a good thing years of Fraser have taught me that it almost never rains in Seattle. Mm. <laughs> right. Sure. So being stuck on a wet hill is going to be a pretty rare occurrence, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like I it's in my neighborhood, I think about it more because I'm just I drive around my neighborhood more and I think, "Oh, it's wet. I better go this way instead of that mm-hmm. way." And going up to Capitol Hill, I wasn't thinking that way. And boy, did I regret it because my clutch completely went out um, on on Denny and Bellevue, for people who know that corner. Mm-hmm. Very busy corner. And I was just hosed. And I realized right away I was hosed um, and because I did actually start to go backwards. So I was able to slam on the brake, put on the e-brake, turn off the car, call 911, call AAA, and just wait. And um, it was a a weekday. I was running an errand during a work day. And so after I had done those things, I um, sent an all-staff Slack message um, just to let people know, hey, you can reach me by phone. But other than that, I'm out of commission for the rest of the day, possibly three to five hours, because that's how long they told me it would take to get a tow truck there. Mm. And so... Um, I was lucky that, you know, I had full phone service and nobody else in the car. Um, my child wasn't in the car and I think I was lucky even, you know, as much as I love Josh, love you, Josh. (laughs) I think I'm lucky Josh wasn't in the car just because the stress gets more ratcheted up when there's two people Mm -hmm. and you start like talking out loud about like, oh God, you know, like, plus, I mean, it would have been just logistically bad if we had both been in that situation. Mm -hmm. Um, because probably there would have been an issue with picking up our son on time and all these kinds of things. But um, it was really like a forced break. Like, you know how they say that a lot of, a lot of like mid-career women have these fantasies about being indefinitely hospitalized due to something that they will recover from? Mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's like the only way that, that we will just completely be like, well, can't do anything now. Mm-hmm. It was like a, a one-hour version of that because it didn't end up being three to five hours. It ended up being one hour. Were you sitting in your car on the hill yeah. blocking traffic the whole time? Yeah, completely. Oh I was totally blocking traffic. Um, I mean, I was blocking one of two two eastbound lanes of Denny, which is why I called oh, 911 okay. first because I thought they would just want to know. Uh-huh. Um, and miraculously, only one person honked at me. Like I had my hazards on. And people just went around me. The only person who didn't immediately do that and who honked at me was a driver of an access van. And I know from my friend Fred, who used to drive access vans, that uh, it is not really the cream of the crop of drivers who get access Mm -hmm. van driving jobs. (laughs) And so I think the person had just pulled up a little too close to me and so wasn't able to see the hazards and didn't Mm -hmm. see them as they as they approached and so that was the one car that honked before they figured it out and went around but even like traffic coming the other way because i was on an inside uh inside lane um some people would kind of like slow down and like rubberneck a little bit but one guy like he pulled up and kind of stopped and very lightly tapped on his horn and signaled for me to roll down the window and he was like hey i just wanted to see if i could do anything for you and i was like oh Mm -hmm. um nope called 911 already called AAA so I'm sitting here and he was like what's wrong and I was like my clutch went out he was like oh yeah I can't do anything about mm-hmm. that 
<laughs> he was like, I just want to see if I could jump you or something. I was like, nope. And and then even um, a cop pulled up. And, you know, you always get always get a little nervous when a police officer pulls up, even though I called 911. And he walked up and he was like, hey, so they, they told me that you're sitting here. And I was like, yep. And he was like, it's going to be a really long time before any of our toes could get you. And I was like, yep, I called AAA. He was like, oh, good. Okay, so they're coming first. And I was like, they have a shorter estimate. And he was like, okay. And I said, they said it could be three hours, though. He was like, all right, I'll just sit here until they come. Why three hours, though? You're not like in the middle of eastern Washington. You're in downtown Seattle. I know, but I always try to remember that, you know, I've never been a police officer or dispatcher and, you know, like for all I know, the entire like southern half of the city is on fire or something. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) And so I'm just like, well, I'm just going to sit here until whoever can get here can get here. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows where I am. Everyone knows the deal. I did eventually text Josh also. I wanted to like get an estimate before I texted him because I didn't want him to like worry or freak out or... Mm -hmm think i needed to be rescued or anything and i was just chilling and it ended up only being an hour which was great okay and so um yeah i was just like texting my friends including you guys <laughs> i was like just sitting there goofing around our friend uh dana the 10 said take a picture so i took a picture where i was stuck and <laughs> brought people into my little world for a second and then the tow guy came and was really nice i wanted to take his picture but i didn't want him to like be creeped out or anything mm. or think that i was like you know oh i'm on such a lark being towed let me take a picture of my driver like you know i felt like maybe that could be a little obnoxious but we had fun um you know because capitol hill is just such a trippy neighborhood and there was someone going by on one of those things that i guess they call hoverboards that with the one wheel you know um we saw someone just like rolling down the street in one of the on one of those with the grocery bags and like we were just like this is a trippy day. <laughs> it's just weird. So yeah, it was, it was like, you know, it was, it was kind of like a, something out of a TV commercial where it's like, well, everything went completely wrong, but I'm chilling, whatever. So Phyllis, the car, the car goes to your mechanic and yes. And the clutch was gone or no. <laughs> okay. So he could not replicate the problem. So the car was fine when you when they tried to drive it. I've driven it since then. And it's I fine. mean, it's he replicated no problem. He he kept it for one extra day to let it rain again mm. and try it on a wet hill. And um even then they couldn't replicate the problem. Now they were in a part of the city where the hills are not as steep. Um mm. and I've gotten myself out of out of a couple jams on the wet hills by my mechanic's place um, Mm because it's near my work. So I've been able to successfully do that before. But, you know, it's one of those things where I was like, well, I thought I was the shit driving a stick, but maybe I'm not. So the (laughs) diagnosis for you would be to just like, like, for example, my mom, she would do anything she could to not ever have to take a left turn. She would drive five (laughs) miles instead of one. So she could keep yep. taking right after right after right. So you just you yeah. just can't go from downtown to Capitol Hill. That's it for you. <laughs> I mean, not if it's gonna rain. No way. And I mean, we're giving the car away. <laughs> it's just crazy. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So tell us about that. Uh, the, you're you've uh, you're pursuing a nuclear option with this issue. 
Yeah, completely. I mean, I'm just like, this is, you know, if I'm having to like remap and rethink my life every time I drive this thing and, and I don't feel like it's totally safe to drive all over the place. Like I have to give up and admit I'm an old lady and (laughs) sticks are no more part of my life. (laughs) I mean, we do temporarily have it, but we, um, we also uh, had the great fortune of being given a car from someone in our family, and so we are giving this car to someone else in our family, um, you know, with full disclosure of <laughs> the problems that have happened in the last month or so. And um, I, we think that he's still interested, so we're going to pass the car along, and maybe someone else will do better with it than than I have. Here's what you got to do for him, Phyllis. You You have to say, okay... If you want to get to Capitol Hill, you're going to need to go up through the U District and then sneak up 23rd <laughs> and, and and get Capitol Hill from behind because you right, right. you can't make your direct assault. Or go down to Chinatown. Yeah, and then up to the Little way. Saigon and go up 12. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so whack. I like any answer so, that yeah, counts on like going down to Chinatown. <laughs> go on down to Chinatown. The I International feel, District, smell... Phyllis. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I um I smell the stench of failure. <laughs> yeah. Uh all over myself, but um you know, I just I I know it's a real problem and it could be like you know how um software engineers say pebcac. Have you heard that before? No. When they're trying to diagnose a problem, it's problem exists between keyboard and chair, which means oh, like it's you, it. dummy. User so I'm error. like maybe it's me. I don't know. I mean, the the other thing the mechanic said was, and I've noticed this before, it's possible if we get new tires on the thing mm-hmm. that it'll perform way better. But, um, you know, we're kind of, we're kind of used to being a one car family anyway. So we're, we're going to, you know, pass that along as a recommendation. I think it's a weight issue. I think if you had a bunch of cinder blocks in the back of that car, you would have been up the hill. Could be. I mean, it is just a two wheel drive. So, you know. It just it was it was too much in that moment mm-hmm. for for me and the little matrix to handle. Mm-hmm. I so, I did but I got my break. Keep sandbags in the back of the Yaris mm-hmm. in really? Buffalo, but that, that was more about ice and snow. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, because it's just such a light car, and, and the Yaris I have the four door, not the hatchback, and so yeah. I could really get a couple of bags over the, uh, you know, over the over the axle, yeah, over the back wheels. That's a good idea. Yeah. yeah, I used to do that yeah. when I was in high school. I had the 280Z that had no weight in the back, and then whenever it would get snowy or icy, I'd have to put a bunch of cinder blocks in the back so that I could actually drive my car. <laughs> See? Yeah, that's a good idea. I mean, it's certainly something we haven't tried. So, yeah, maybe maybe it's something to try before we finally pass it along mm-hmm. just so we can say, hey, this is, a, this is another thing that works if you don't feel like springing for new tires mm-hmm. right now. Uh, well, Phyllis, yeah. uh, lucky for you, you live in a family with a multi-tiered hand-me-down car system. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm happy to be part of it. Um, you know, it just it just keeps things more affordable and and more hassle-free for everyone. That's the so. real matrix. Is that system you got going over in your <laughs> sure family? Is. And it is the first time we've benefited from it, but it's also the first time. It, it's also not the first time we've gotten a free car because our first car was given to us by Ross Reynolds. Oh, the conversation. <laughs> whom Luke has mentioned. Yeah, uh, he gave us a 1984 um, 
Toyota Tercel hatchback. <laughs> All right then. Were you just in were you just in his studio audience the day he was giving cars away? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And you get a car. <laughs> um we were at his house and we were running around scrambling to try to get a flex car, one of those hourly car rental things, um to get to our next uh next party we were going to. It was New Year's Day when we got invited to a bunch of parties and he saw he and his wife saw we were rushing around and they were like, "Is there a reason you don't have a car?" <laughs> We were like, uh, uh, no. <laughs> they were like, if someone, like, gave you a car, would you accept it? Mm -hmm. And we were like, uh, yeah. And they gave us their car. <laughs> I, I thought if you gave away a car when you worked in public radio, it was required for you to give it to the radio station. Well, you know, that's what we did after um, <laughs> after a large oil change chain that we're all familiar with uh, ruined that car. <laughs> that's what we did. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, like a week before I gave birth to Gus, um, my my old car, Ross's old car, was ruined in an oil change process. You so. turned it into high-quality KUOW content. <laughs> yep, we sure did. <laughs> hey, I know uh, one brother still around who would have been happy to help with that. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, oh. <laughs> Ray Maliachi. Yeah, we'll bring him out of syndication. I think for you, we he'd be willing to do that. <laughs> it's possible <laughs> yeah he owes me one so yeah. i'd take it car talk is an apropos segue to the clip that you've brought us for this uh phyllis favorite phyllis <laughs> yes <laughs> yes um how is that the case well what song <laughs> is uh Oh, yeah. <laughs> I See, I tried to be a yes and guy, and then I was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? <laughs> More of a wait what gal. Yeah. Wait, huh? Huh? That's okay. What this you is, talking about, Bobby? This is TBTL. Just uh, the fact that you didn't start with no but still makes you better than Andrew and Luke. <laughs> so, well, you know, let's leave the car connection for a surprise and talk about the theme, which is also related to what just happened to me, which is shame spirals. Mm -hmm. And I was inspired by events in the news this week <laughs> to uh, dig into the TBTL archives for a shame spiral moment that stuck with me um, when you just absolutely screw up and do the wrong thing and are mortified about it forever. Um, this is from a very early AM radio episode of TBTL, February 27th, 2008, when Luke and Jen start off their conversation by mourning a, a dive restaurant and bar that was about to disappear. Excuse me, Phyllis. Steakhouse. Oh, Steakhouse might be <laughs> fancy. Well, speaking of people's hearts and crushing them, uh, bad news, possibly bad news for uh, people in the Lake City area, people who enjoy, who enjoy fine dining and enjoy atmosphere, uh, a place that has always held a special spot in my heart, the Rimrock Steakhouse on Lake City. Across from the Dicks. Well, it's not really across because the Dicks is on its own little side street. But right. It's, and the Rimrock's on that kind of the opposing little side street. Right. right. It's right next to the Breakfast Club. Mm -hmm. Is the Breakfast Club still there? Yes. The Rimrock Steakhouse, the Breakfast Club, it's right there uh, before you get to 130th on Lake There's City. There's like Way. an all-year-round Christmas shop. Mm. 
quite a block. It's a little past Bill Pierre Ford. Uh-huh. If you hit Value Village, you've gone too far. Yes. But if you hit Rick's going the other way, you've gone too far. Well, now, I would disagree with you on that. If you've hit Rick's, you're in the right spot. <laughs> <laughs> Wherever you were going. That was like a little, a little double entendre. <laughs> Huh? It's like when I approached my car from the rear. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so the Rimrock Steakhouse has, according to the Seattle Weekly anyway, Mike Seeley writing about it t- today, um, says that the Rimrock Steakhouse has been uh, up for sale for months. And it, essentially after the smoking ban went into effect a couple of years ago, it was a, it was a kind of a mortal blow. The Rimrock Steakhouse was mortally wounded. And I can tell you, having been in there many times, that... It was a place where the people enjoyed a good cigarette. Yes. Uh, and, the good, and the best way to follow up a good cigarette is with another one, I think, <laughs> in these people's minds. So the Rimrock Steakhouse is – how do you – try to describe the innards of the Rimrock Steakhouse, Jen. Um, <laughs> it's dark. Mm-hmm. It's low-ceilinged. Mm-hmm. It's um, kind of the torn – is it naga hide? Mm-hmm. Kind of red naga hide. Right. There's like old tables, um, kind of all haphazardly around, and then there's people who seem like they've actually been there, like without leaving, right, for weeks. And that's the mark of any good bar, in my mind, is that there are people that are there whenever you go in, day or night. Mm-hmm. And it's the kind of bar when you walk in, everyone looks up at you. Yep. They take you in, and then they go right back to what they're doing. Right. Right. Professionals. Professionals, I call them. I mean, these are people that come and clock in. Yeah. Come at 9 in the morning. They bring their lunch pail and their hard hat. They punch in, and they sit down in front of whatever that drink is. And they, you know, they go to work for the next 8 to 12 hours. This is Sean's retirement plan, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, I'm working on it. I'm starting early. Like the Tattletale in L.A., uh, my very favorite bar in the world in Culver City, is like that. They open at 6 in the morning. Wow. And sometimes there's a line. People are getting off the third shift at various factories around there in Culver City, um, and there are people that come in there, and they, you know, they, they, people. Everyone has a different shift, but people come in, they pull their shift. Yeah. Uh, and the Rimrock is a lot like that. It's actually something I've loved about the Rimrock. I think the Rimrock may have been the first place I had a steak, because I grew up up the hill from you know where that you know where that KFC is just down the way on Lake City mm-hmm. a little bit if you took that street that, that's the KFC's on you went up the hill that's mm-hmm. where i first lived when my parents moved to Seattle also known as my parents sometimes my parents sometimes my parents <laughs> when we moved to Seattle that's where we lived and i, I remember being a young kid and thinking the Rimrock Steakhouse now that's class cuz it's a steak house right. <laughs> it's a house of steak I mean, it's basically a house of steaks yeah. um, now it's it, we're all hoping at least I am, and I think Jen, you would agree oh, that yes. the Rimrock Steakhouse rides through, rides through this little crisis, and and if it does get purchased by someone else, that they don't change a thing, because this is this goes very much to the point that that one emailer made, uh, saying that uh, you know we need to stick up for the Seattle that isn't glamorous and isn't full of beautiful people, and let me tell you, that's the Rimrock Steakhouse. That's right. Not glamorous, not full of beautiful people. But a great relic of a place when in Seattle you could have a factory job or have some kind of labor type of employment and still buy a house somewhere and still go down and have a drink. You know, you can't do that anymore. You can't live in my neighborhood. Their houses are selling in my neighborhood for $3.5 million in Seattle. I don't I mean, think they eat at the Rim Rock. <laughs> I wish they would. 
I wish they would. It would it would maybe help the cause. Well, anyway, it's very sad that the Rim Rock is in trouble. We're hoping that it that it manages to to weather this storm. Um, but if it doesn't, Jennifer, mm-hmm. well, I I think I was ex- that you bear some responsibility for it. I I was really happy to see the thing about the smoking ban because I. Every time I saw that the people in, in the neighborhood and everybody talking about the Rimrock being up for sale, I felt this horrible pit in my stomach that it was my fault. Because a couple years ago, I had been out to dinner mm-hmm. at the Barking Frog out by the Willows Lodge. I had a very, you know, nice, very kind of highfalutin dinner. And had, you know, we had a couple of bottles of wine at the table, and it was a very nice night. And you know how sometimes at the end of the night when you should go home, but you're like, I don't want to go home. I feel good. Yeah, I call that I call that weeknights. <laughs> yeah. So it was time to go home. Dinner was over. We'd been in the restaurant for hours. It was about 1130 at night. And I was like, I don't want to go home. I feel good. Let's go out. Let's hear some music. Let's go to the Rim Rock. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, well, they do have some of Lake City's finest bands. Yes. Yes. Well, they, the band plays into the story. So we go to the Rim Rock, and we came in, and we walked in the door, and, of course, everybody looked up at us, and then they went back to their pull tabs. So we came in, and we took a table kind of right up front. Well, the band was starting to kind of set up and get ready to start their set. Now, was the band either the Devano's, Insane, or Power Cell? I believe it was Power Cell. Okay. Okay. So they were getting ready to set up, and I was in a playful kind of center of attention kind of mood. So I had taken off my coat and ordered my beer, and I walked up to the to the guy, and I said, hey, are you guys getting ready to start your set? And he said, yeah. And I said, well, I'm a singer. Oh. Was Jason there? Yeah. He was there, but he wasn't. he was sitting at the table. So he, so he didn't know what was going on? Well, I think he did, but he was going to his happy place. Right. Like, just looking out the window and think, thinking about, like, running around Green Lake or something. Right, right. I don't know, sunsets, something, nature involved. And so I went up and I said, well, I'm a singer. He said, oh, really? And I said, yeah, I love to sing. I, I sing all the time, and I'd love to sit in with you guys on a, on a number. And he said, oh, well, what do you sing? And I said, um, I know everything Bonnie Raitt's ever done. And he said, yeah, we don't sing Bonnie Raitt. The band's called Power Cell. <laughs> and I said, well, I, I love to sing. I'm a singer. Just what what song are you going to sing? And he goes, well, do you know Mustang Sally? I said, of course I know Mustang Sally. Of course. I love Mustang Sally. That would be great. And he goes, okay. You can sit in with the band. And he goes, you're a singer. I said, yeah, I'm a singer. Uh, I said, okay, you can sit in with the band for Mustang Sally. Great. So I go back and I sit down and I promptly forgot all about it. So I'm just, he had a couple more beers and I'm getting loud and having a great time. And all of a sudden they said, well, we have a really special treat tonight. We have a singer in the house. Uh, Jen. Jen, why don't you come up? And right then I got that, like, sweaty, cold, horrible feeling because I all of a sudden remembered the, that I had set this little gig up. Let me tell you how much Mustang Sally I think you probably know. <laughs> Mustang Sally. Oh, you better slow your Mustang down. No, I didn't know that part. Mustang Sally now, baby. I knew Rod Sally, Rod. So I went, but at this point, I'm still thinking I know it. So I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 I'm going to sing But they don't have the lyrics, right? No, it's not karaoke. Because a real singer would just know the lyrics. Yeah. So I went up there. They start the music. They start the music, and they gave me the mic, and I'm up front. These are the kind, when, when I have... I have this recurring stress dream where I'm at a stand-up comedy club, and I'm supposed to perform in a minute or two, and the other comic is wrapping up, and I can't 
remember what my jokes are supposed to be. And I'm trying to get a napkin, something to write down my jokes on because I'm so terrified of finding myself on stage expected to do something and with no idea what I'm doing. And in fact, this is exactly the position you find yourself yes. in at the Rimrock Steakhouse. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we should continue the story in a moment or Yeah, let's do. Let's okay. take a let's take a break. Cuz uh, it really goes downhill from here. It goes downhill from here. Yeah. Uh, see, I figured that this story had hit bottom, but no, I, I guess not. No, no. Okay. Mm-mm. Uh, we do need to take a break. Let's do that. I want to make sure there's plenty of time for us to uh, kind of roll around in your humiliation <laughs> when we come back. Too beautiful to live on News Talk 710, Cairo. You watch showmanship? You got it. Mustang Sally. Guess you better slow your Mustang down. Oh, what I said now. Mustang Sally. So is this a recording of you at the Rimrock Steakhouse, Jen? Honestly, when I hear that song, it gives me like... (laughs) The worst pit in my stomach. Is that song now ruined for you? Oh, forever. You? I mean, I feel such humiliation. Well, let me catch everybody up in case they're just joining us. Uh, Jen's telling the story of her time at the Rimrock Steakhouse. The Rimrock Steakhouse, an institution in Lake City, which is uh, up for sale, and we're hoping will stay exactly as it is. Um, but anyway, Jennifer one time was there and drunkenly convinced the band that she was a singer who regularly performed the song Mustang Sally, (laughs) then forgot about it, then was reminded when they started playing the music and saying, we have a very special treat for you. We have a singer in the We have a singer, and you got up on stage. At what point during the intro to the song, at what point did you realize, I'm completely effed? Um, I actually didn't realize it soon, as soon as you would think, because I thought, you know, I'll start it off with Mustang Sally. So I did that. And did I that was, go okay? Yeah. So, and did the guys have a look on their face, like the guy on the bass, like, yeah, this works. No. <laughs> they, they were very mistrustful right from the start. They were all kind of looking at me. And I was in that space, you know, when girls I wonder get, if it's because you were drunk and didn't know the song that mm-hmm. they were mistrustful, mm-hmm. as it were. And you know how sometimes a girls can get where, you know, they're in their tight jeans and their high-heeled boots, and and we feel oh, so... Oh, I know how you yeah. can get. <laughs> so we feel really, really, really cute, and we're pretty sure that that cuteness can carry us a long way. Mm-hmm. So I was in that mind frame. So I was up there, and I was, like, kind of shaking and, and, you know, kind of doing some little dance moves with my shoulders. This and is I had kind of like the same thing you did when you were in Mexico and tried to do... A karaoke song that in you didn't Espanol. realize was in Spanish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You thought it was, and and you. I remember when you told me that story. You said, "I thought I could just sell it with my cuteness." Yeah. I think that you, I think you, you maybe overestimate. I the, think so. The the, the the how much you have in your cuteness account. Yeah. And you're a very cute girl, and you're a very lovely person. But I think you think it's it's like a a magic wand that can get you out of any tight spot. Well, particularly when I've been drinking. <laughs> Which was what I was trying to talk to our bartenders about that night, which is, you know, I'm always trying to sell my, my the cuteness, like be the cute girl in the bar. And it doesn't ever work. So so you say Mustang soon, Sally, said, Mustang, Mustang Sally, Sally and, and then I kind of danced around a little bit. Yeah. And then I and that's when it started dawning on me because everyone in the bar was staring at me and they were all had their their um, arms crossed and their heads were kind of cocked to the side and they were staring at me like um, I was ruining their night. All of them. I mean, probably 50 people were all staring at me like that. Like, you're ruining our whole night 
we hate you. Uh, so that's when like the panic started, and I didn't really want to do. So I'm kind of like looking what did over. The, what at was the, the band doing? Well, the band started. They what they first started to do was they started singing it to like spark my memory. But yeah. I didn't know the song. It wasn't a memory issue. I didn't know it. <laughs> so I'm like, huh? It yeah. wasn't buried somewhere in no. your mind. So finally, the the lead guy who had given me permission, he took the mic out of my hand and started singing the song. At which point I should have run from the building in shame, but I like couldn't let it go. Like I didn't want it. I didn't you thought want you it could to, save it. I thought I could save it. You thought so I'm what now, I did was, Let me tell you what you thought. I'm going to now become hot dancing girl yes. of this production, right? Yes, it's like exactly. a Bruce Springsteen video. I'm Courtney Cox. We're dancing in the dark. I'm getting pulled on stage. So I'm trying to do this thing, like kind of pushing my shoulder against his and like, let's sing together. <laughs> let's sing together into the mic. And he just kind of gave me the cold shoulder and moved away. Like, I mean, I ruined a set. He's like a professional musician. He's been hired. He brought this girl on stage because she promised him she was a singer. I've ruined this whole song. And he was totally ticked. And this is when I really hit rock bottom. I looked out. Wait, you the, haven't hit rock no, bottom yet. No, I looked out into the crowd to find the love of my life, who's yes. always supportive, Jason. Yes. He wasn't there. He was so embarrassed oh, that he took my coat and my purse, and he left the vicinity. And he was waiting for me outside of the bar. So I didn't even have like, like I realized the people I came in here with, they are not here anymore. I have humiliated them in the Rim Rock. <laughs> and that's a stain that you can never wash out. Rimrock no. embarrassment. So, like, like kind of as the song, as kind of we went into the Ride Sally Ride, I was like, Ride Sally Ride. And then I kind of stepped down off the stage and kind of waved to the run, crowd. Run, Jenny, run. <laughs> and I just walked directly out of the bar through the restaurant and out the door. And what did Jason <laughs> say to you? He said that was really, really humiliating. I can't believe you told them you knew that song. Like, oh. he was so embarrassed. And I was so embarrassed. I mean, the whole way home. And, and then I woke up in the morning, and I felt that horrible feeling. And I've never been back, and it was like a favorite, favorite bar. I've never been back. I can't bear to hear that song. It's so humiliating. The people we were there with. Good thing we played it for the entire segment. (laughs) The people we were there with, I feel humiliated. Like, when I see them, I blush instantly. Like, as soon as I see them, I will blush and feel embarrassed and feel like I need to say, remember that time? I'm so sorry. Well, Jennifer, let me say this. First of all, it's made for a fascinating... A fascinating 20 minutes of radio. So it was worth it on that score. Jason still loves you and will still go to the ends mm-hmm. of the earth in, with an in embarrassment mm-hmm. as your as your compadre. I mean, this is a guy who knows from embarrassing episodes with you. Yes. And he's still going to, he'll still go there with you he's because he loves you. Mm-hmm. And what was it? We had somebody on the show or we were talking about something on the show where you said you wanted to stop living your life in this way where you're constantly feeling yeah. bad about messing things up. About getting rid of tattoos. Yeah, that woman who wrote about her tattoo. Well, you you may have had an embarrassing experience, but I think that you're a richer, more interesting person for it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's time that we go back to the Rimrock with your head held high. Okay. Let's do that this week, okay? okay? Let's do it. All right, good. This has been a really meaningful hour of radio. <laughs> it's TBTL on News Talk 710. Cairo, when we come back, we'll have some awesome, not awesome for you, including Gary Coleman's Secret Addictions. It's TBTL, News Talk 710, Cairo. I'm okay with a smoking ban killing as many establishments as it can possibly kill. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I can get behind that. Yeah, you know, a lot of places in Seattle when that smoking ban kicked in, um, you know, their owners said that they were going to go under. 
Um, but uh, most of those places where the owners were saying that, they're still around. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, but, you know, the Rimrock, it, it sounded like it was uh, pretty fragile. And it is on a main drag that, you know, people still kind of hearty har about, about how it has these, you know, um, kind of uh, kitschy, more old school um, rough and tumble kind of places, mm-hmm. but it those places that are on um, you know main drags where people kind of go for like the hipster appeal or whatever, they are very uh, very slowly but surely disappearing. So, mm-hmm. R.I.P. Rimrock. Sorry, I never knew ye. Uh, there's a little bit of Seattle geography that I'm actually familiar with here because at some point when I came out uh, to visit, I stayed with our friend Kate, who will someday be on this show, someday oh, yes. when she has time. Yeah, she picked out a mm-hmm. clip a year and a half ago. We just haven't found the time to do it. <laughs> Kate, <laughs> and she lived back then in Lake City and just a couple of blocks from this place, uh, and it's also oh. not far from Jeremy's office. That's true. Uh, right next to the seedy pool hall with a 24-hour webcam in it. Oh, really? So you can watch, watch the live that. stream of this pool hall. Wow. Oh, I would totally do that. You watch the baby eagles and then switch over and, and watch the bar flies? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and so, well, it's after my time, having never been in Seattle when it was open, I wasn't familiar with this quote-unquote steakhouse. Uh, yeah. But uh, there was, uh, when I was staying in that neighborhood, a great German-themed coffee shop called Cafe Clutch. Uh, oh, really? Just like a block up that had delicious uh, coffee and breads. Um, and I think that is the telling of the evolution of Seattle. <laughs> because mm. I'm sure those things were not open at the same time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a bunch of good stuff up there. Well, there's delicious heaven-sent fried chicken, which if you went to either of the last two Chateau Saint-Michel picnics, I brought (laughs) as my picnic offering, Um, and it's delicious. Um, Luke may have spoken of it before also as Ezel's. Um, They originally were the same company. Um, And Lake City Way is the main drag that goes all the way out to it goes through Kenmore um, so that's where Andrew and I went bowling and the guys had their little uh, boating adventure um, the little bar they went to was was in Kenmore the and then Savage it goes, Moose it can, we can name check yes, it right Savage Moose yes and uh, and then that so that so Lake City Way segues into Bothell Way which goes through Kenmore and then um, and then all the way out to Woodenville, Washington home of Chateau Saint-Michel and also um, then if you go a little bit farther out in Woodenville you get to the Barking Frog which was the fancy place that Jen went to before she had her misadventure at the Rimrock so she started at this really fancy kind of like um, you know it's kind of the places that are popping up all around here where it's like if you want to if, if you are rich or you want to kind of um fantasize that you are for a day or for an evening you can go to a place like the barking frog and then if you wanted a different experience you could then go to the rimrock and i love one of the many things i love about this clip is i've been in both of those situations and the um closing of the oscars is what what inspired me to pick this clip and the whole mishap that happened and i feel like 
the reason I connected to this clip and the reason that I became obsessed and many people became obsessed with what happened at the Oscars this week are related in that you kind of, um, they're both connected to fantasizing about being the center of attention or, um, or close to the action and then just everything going horribly wrong, which is a great fear. <laughs> like, I think those things are related, the adrenaline rush of wanting to be up in the mix and then like, oh, God, but what if what if I beef it? And um, <laughs> to her credit, she <laughs> told the story that yeah, she absolutely uh... beefed it so hard that Jason went outside. <laughs> <laughs> Nightmare. <laughs> uh, I'll note one of the things I thought was really telling about the era of this TBTL is Jen is explaining that they were at this nicer establishment, uh, but that it was a weeknight, but they still wanted to keep the, keep the party going. And Luke chimes in and says, I call that weeknights. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That was great. Yeah. That was, that was hilarious. And I love how, Another thing I love about Jen and her stories is the way she imitates herself. So she can imit imitate herself being embarrassed and, like, mortified, as she did with, like, oh, hi, guys, remember when I did that thing? I'm so sorry. Like, how she blushes when she sees those friends again. Or the way she imitates herself being like, this is fun. I want to keep going. <laughs> Let's go to the Rim Rock. <laughs> Uh, because I have never been to this place and my Seattle experience is all pretty recent. Mike, were you familiar with this restaurant in your Seattle days? I am not familiar with it. I don't remember seeing it. I wasn't a, a big Lake City guy. I mean, I've been to that Dick's a couple times. I think I've been to a a, a, a locksmith somewhere on there. I I know there's a Rick's there I haven't been to. There's a car dealership. Oh, yeah. Um, well, how I would describe the area, Lake City... It's like um, if Aurora Avenue had a little bit of hope. <laughs> and I think that'll make sense to people from Seattle. Yeah. It makes sense to me for the time I drove to the airport but didn't want to take the expressway. Yeah, and you took right. Aurora and, you know, you sort of give up on humanity as you're driving down. Uh, but I didn't spell Tequila wrong, so that's... <laughs> well, also, Aurora Avenue, um, home of the Mandarin Gate. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's kind of like an analog of Aurora uh, on a different, on the other side of town. And the Mandarin Gate is one of the finest restaurants on Aurora Avenue. Let's get that straight. Too. <laughs> That's unfortunately <laughs> true. <laughs> yes. Um, what astonished me about this story is that they get halfway through and then have to stop for a commercial break. And that was cool. And Jen assures us that the story is only going to go downhill from there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was handled very well. And it made me wonder if they even planned it. Um, because that's a whole thing in commercial radio is giving people a reason to listen past the commercials. Mm -hmm. And um, ratings are calculated in quarter hour increments. So you do something called quarter hour maintenance where you promote the following quarter hour during the quarter hour that you're in. And so um, that might have made a little nice uh, quarter hour sweep for them, depending how they timed it. Um, I liked it. I thought it was cool. <laughs> yeah, I was on the edge of my radio seat 
Yeah. There's no doubt about that. Sadly, the commercials yep. were cut out, so uh, yeah. I had no idea which Tom Shane ad. <laughs> yes. Or how I was going to get into or out of my timeshare. Right. Yeah. <laughs> or if you have low T, or if your windows have started to leak. <laughs> yeah, that was nicely done. They're pros. Yeah. I'm having all of those issues right now, actually. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah. Uh, so we should talk about the actual performance. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. wait. Before we get to the performance, let's get okay. to the setup of this performance. This is a bar band. They, they, they've probably been playing forever. They know what they're doing. Um, there's no way that a dude could just walk up to them and say, hey, I'm a singer. Let me sing. Only a cute girl can get away with this kind of behavior, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's how you know you're a hot chick when people say yes to things. Yeah, like they this. say yes to things that make no sense because no one, no female, especially under the age of 55, knows the lyrics to, what was it, Mustang Sally? Yeah. Come yeah. on. Yeah. Mustang Sally. That's Our impossible to believe. I mean, I would, if I were that guy, I would have said, like, why don't you give me some of the lyrics before we get you up on stage? Just why don't you run through <laughs> some of the lyrics for me real quick? Right. Yeah. What a mess. <laughs> oh, so great. She got what she deserves in this one, for sure. Yeah. I wonder if that's the song that they picked when she asked to stump her and she went for it and then had her bluff called. Oh yeah. But then, but then they run the risk of ruining their own show, which they kind of did. Yeah. <laughs> well, though I'm sure they have a story to tell. Yeah. I mean, this is like when I have to drive out a heckler at a trivia show, then for weeks I tell everyone not to be the asshole I had to yell at. Right. That last Wednesday night. At least, at least the heckler didn't try to rub up against you and, and sing background to your trivia. <laughs> yeah. You're in a dark place if your backup plan is going shoulder to shoulder. Yeah. yeah. We don't know what happened after she left. And so, you know, maybe they recovered quite nicely at the mm -hmm. Rimrock there. We don't know. Well, we know the restaurant didn't. No, that's true. And Jen feels personally <laughs> responsible. Right. They probably found another cute young girl to come up and like sing some Jethro Tull or <laughs> yeah. some other psychedelic bullshit. <laughs> yeah. So did Jason do the right thing? Eesh. Hmm. Hard to say, but I don't I don't blame him for doing what he did. I mean I could see a scenario where I would do what he did. Not that it's right. But, right. <laughs> come on. Yeah. Um, hmm. Let me think about that. Maybe wait to the end of the song. I don't know. Yeah. Pay. Gather up the stuff. Maybe stand in the back or be ready to go, but still <laughs> possibly be visible. Maybe would be a better plan. Right. Yeah. Like stand yeah. over by the door like, all right, I got the door for you. Whenever you're ready to fucking bolt out of here. <laughs> Just, just because my man was outside, right? <laughs> yeah, like he went all the way to he like went all the way out. Dang man, that's cold, Jason. Yeah. That's cold blooded. Right. He had a Dick's burger in his hand. <laughs> I know this was like a decade ago, but you wrong for that, man. <laughs> uh, she forgave him though, so that's what counts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
my my favorite throwaway line of this whole thing is when when uh, she asked, <laughs> she told him she knew all the Bonnie Rate, the entire <laughs> Bonnie Rate selection. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's not happening yeah. here at the Rim Rock. Yeah. Yeah. You know, on top of all of this, it's just a nice reminder that uh, in I believe the words of this episode, uh, Jen's willing to just roll around in her humiliation for the benefit of TBT. I know it's great. Totally. These are the yeah. kind of stories that it would be so easy to just not tell anyone ever. Yep. That's right. <laughs> yep. And that's why she deserves that MacArthur genius grant because it's very easy then when someone tells a story like this to be like, Oh man, you wrong for that. You know, but she told the story to make a better show and that's what a good producer does. So yep. and the fact that, that you, song Jen. was ruined for her. I mean, that song, song ruins <laughs> song is ruinous in and of itself so don't right you know don't feel bad you're not missing out on anything by never listening to mustang sally again although wasn't it used in tv commercials for a while i guess we'd have to ask uh after these messages but i that would be whack like if you're just chilling watching tv oh, right, and all of a sudden right. mustang sally yeah <laughs> like, no i'm sure it's been using movie soundtracks and stuff too yeah oh god yes. <laughs> poor jad that is that's unfair <laughs> that's sad well uh do y'all have anything else on this uh classic tbtl moment that i know christy among others are really jealous they're not here to talk <laughs> about with us today i i just wonder is i mean obviously there's the 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 cute girl thing that you know is your entree to the stage or whatever i wonder if if any of our listeners have been in bar bands or know people in bar bands is this a common thing where people will just come up and say, I'm a singer, let me sing? Because hmm. I think I would shut that shit down really fast, you know? This is my yeah. living. This is my band. You're not, you know, I, I don't, you don't just, you can't just come up cold here. I mean, what if someone said, hey, right. I play guitar, hand me the guitar and, you know, let me ruin that, ruin the song for you. <laughs> right, and possibly ruin your guitar. Is, has karaoke emboldened more people to to do this? <laughs> That's a good point. Or American Idol. Because it wouldn't even occur to me, even if I knew I could sing a song pretty well, I, it wouldn't even occur to me to go up to the professional and say, hey, let me grab the mic for this one. Yeah, yikes. Like walking into the kitchen and be like, no, I'm really good. Let I, me make I this got burger. This. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, you don't. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that you know, to go down into gender stereotype land, I think it is very much a female fantasy because of all kinds of reasons and how we're socialized and things like that to be like the woman who can sing her ass off, mm -hmm. you know, um, because we see that rewarded a lot in our culture. If you're a woman and you can sing, people think you're prettier. They think you're super talented. They think you're amazing. Like you are literally the center of attention mm -hmm. in the spotlight. And, um, I, I think that kind of thing is also tied into, you know, how we socialize women and girls around their wedding day being perfect and all kinds of garbage. So um, I indict the mm -hmm. system <laughs> on this as well <laughs> um, that, you know, I think that this is something that that women sometimes try and then um, usually fail at unless they happen to be. This is another thing that I think is um, 
is sometimes a, a fantasy in our culture of, of like having a hidden talent that people all of a sudden are like, whoa, I didn't know you could do that. Right. It kind of factors into a lot of like 80s movies and stuff. Um, so I think there's a long history of how we're socialized that factors into why this happens. It's still not good. Right. <laughs> but, but but you're yeah. you're explaining why why the person wants to sing. They're they're never going to go to the to the guys. Hey, let me sit down on the bass for a couple songs here. <laughs> right. They want to be the center of attention. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, unless they think they can play the bass, which I think is also, you know, it's a less it it's a that's a more specialized um skill anyway whether you're male or female but i think there are still more yeah fewer people think bass. they can play the bass than think they can sing right exactly <laughs> yeah let's let's tread carefully here because i know a lot of a lot of soft uh feelings on bass players yes yes, yes. we have some Is that right? some bass playing listeners that get really upset whenever Whenever the bass is impugned in any way, which we're not doing here. No, no, we fully understand you know how to play all four of those strings. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, you're <laughs> an important you member of the percussion it? section. Very important Wait. member of the percussion section. <laughs> Rhythm Probably section. Probably second most important. Maybe third. Oh, my God. Where does cowbell What are you talking sing? about? <laughs> what we were saying is playing the bass is hard. It's hard. We it really is hard. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's definitely a challenge. Uh, it's heavy. It's a about? heavy instrument. You know. It is. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's tiring. Probably. All right. I got a little housekeeping here, and then we're going to get out of here. Remember that the archive okay. project is ongoing, and uh, we're not drawing a new name for the wagons full of loot now, but I imagine we'll do that on the next recap, uh, which will uh-huh. be our 200th episode of Little Red Bandwagon. So stay tuned for that. Uh, keep your. Uh, entries coming for your chance to win a wagon full of loot from one of us. I am very excited to do one of these wagons full of loot for one of our archivists. <laughs> Me too. Keep a listen on all of our shows, Earbuds and Earworms, Nerd Out Loud, buy everything you're going to buy through Amazon.com. Uh, not there, but rather through LittleRedBandwagon.com slash Amazon. How you can get involved? LittleRedBandwagon.com, on Facebook at LittleRedBandwagon and the Stens page. The show Twitter is LRB Podcast. Email us at LittleRedBandwagon at gmail.com. Voicemails and texts at 802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-8285. And especially if you're in a band that plays in a bar, even if you're a bass player, we want to hear from you what it's like when uh, the ladies want to sing along. Uh, and until next time, this is The Next Party. Uh, we tease you because we love you, Jen, and you can take the mic from me anytime. Aww. Nailed it! She's back! She's back! She's back! The Mustang Convertible is back. The convertible with a power top, glass back window, and room for four. She's back. She's back. She's back. She's back on the right track. Now that's a fact. She's back. The Mustang Convertible. The hottest news around because it's more than a convertible. It's a Mustang. Right, Sally? She's back. Oh, have you given up?